hello, hello. I'm your host, Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. Yes, when I sing and really hold on to my enunciation, you know I'm excited. And today we get to talk to Billy Kay Amis. She is a lot of things, and I don't think she's done yet. But here, let's just start with a few things. Founder and CEO of Repaint Studios and the inventor of the Repaint Tray. So there's going to be a story. First of all, I have a creative you're welcome. I know we love them. <laughs> and there's going to be a whole story behind what the thought process of, first of all, A, what is a repaint tray? She, you know, she has goals to reduce plastic waste in painting and the DIY industry. I, I honestly never, ever, ever thought of it. Never thought about it. And I love when some people really just look at it it's in their lane, and then they actually do want to take it one step further and make it a little better, perhaps for our kids and their kids as well. Life is short, as she says, paint the future you've always imagined. Well, I could drop the mic right there and say, hey, thanks for joining <laughs> us, Billy, but we do want to hear from her. So I say welcome and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. All right. I love just everything about it and your ideas and kind of how you're seeing your way through life. But let's just start kind of at the beginning. Tell us about you anywhere you'd like to start. Yeah. So I grew up in a really small town in northern Wisconsin. So mm-hmm. if you hear a little bit of like a Minnesotan Canadian mm-hmm. accent, that's like <laughs> that's basically where I'm from. I grew up the youngest of four girls. I'm the youngest. Mm -hmm. And I grew up with entrepreneurship on both sides of my family. So my parents were entrepreneurs. They own their own business. And when I got married, my in-laws, they have their own business. So it's always kind of been around me growing up. And I just kind of always knew that I was going to be a business owner. I was going to run a business of some sort. I didn't even know what it was going to look like, but it was just kind of always ingrained in me. And that's just always something that I wanted to do. And never in my wildest dreams did I think that would involve inventing a product and Mm -hmm. trying to bring a product to market. But Mm -hmm. yeah, here we are. And it's just an absolute wild ride. Hey, congratulations. I mean, bringing a product, regardless of what it is. Well, remember the the little girl who I think did like the bacon microwave thing in the the microwave, you make bacon that that hangs up bacon. It doesn't 
matter what it is, it's just someone's idea that you let it keep you up at night. And you were probably open to a couple of, oh, wait a minute, maybe this way or that way, and or talked about it openly. So perhaps there were helpful people. We're going to find out more. So artist, I mean, a repaint tray. Do you paint? How create? Where are you in that scale? Where did we come up with that? I had quit my full-time job uh, after I had my daughter mainly Mm -hmm. because I just wanted to stay home with her full time. And Mm -hmm. I have always enjoyed flipping furniture. So that is kind of where my DIY and my creative side kind of came with Mm -hmm. or came from. So I used to flip furniture and restore furniture for people for a few years. And it was something that I really, really enjoyed doing. But I kind of came up with this idea for the repaint tray, which it's like a standard paint tray that you would use to paint a wall. But Mm -hmm. the repaint tray with its name, it's reusable and it's recyclable. So essentially it can be used for a lifetime compared to a one-time single-use plastic paint tray liner. And I was painting every single day. I got really sick of the plastic paint tray liners that I was going through. And I kid you not, I remember looking over at my garbage can just full of plastic liners and I was like, Mm. I just need to bite the bullet and get a reusable tray because then I'm not going to have to go back and forth to the store. It's going to be easier and it'll just solve all my problems. So I went to the internet and I was like 14 pages deep into Google and Amazon and nothing was showing up. And I was honestly shocked that I'm like, there's no way, there's no way something like this doesn't exist yet. Like this just seems so practical. And uh, next thing I knew, I was talking to a patent attorney just to see if something like this was even possible and if there was anything out there. And sure enough, there wasn't. And that kind of like what you said, it kept me up at night. It just kind of got my gears turning and I'm just thought, how possible is this? Because You can't just call up your best friend and ask, hey, how do Mm -hmm. I bring a product to the market? How do I invent Mm -hmm. something? So there was just so many unanswered questions and I was just trying to figure out what to do next. But otherwise, I mean, I don't have experience, you know, painting on canvas or watercolor or anything like that. But I do have that creative side in my family. My grandpa was an artist. And it's funny because that's where I first went to the repaint tray. But now when you say what it is, and it is... Lucky for you, your lucky day, but (laughs) really that only makes so much sense that there should be something because I guess they hadn't only because what they make is disposable. So here you go, just one and done and then keep moving. How long, what was your timetable from, okay, I have way too much used trays in my garbage can to patent attorney, design, there's going to be 10 questions rolled into one. So tell me a little more about the journey. Yeah. So when I had the idea, I first had actually contacted a friend of ours that he does agricultural patents. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of was able to navigate to like the U.S. Patent Office website and everything a little bit better than I could. And so Mm -hmm. he just did a basic search for me before I decided to call a patent attorney. So essentially, just from having that idea to when I quit my job, I was only in my business of flipping furniture for like a month or two months before I was like, hmm, Mm. like, I can't believe something like this doesn't exist. And do I want to pursue it? And in my mind at the time, I thought I would definitely be able to stay at home and raise my kids and run this business and also invent a product at the same time. And that it's mm-hmm. not possible. <laughs> it's a lot of things to do. And I had to let go of some of it. But yeah, basically from there, I did some basic home prototyping by myself. I just called up like a silicone manufacturer mm-hmm. and just asked what would it take for me to kind of 
do something like this. I didn't tell him what it was just because I still didn't have like a patent pending status yet. So I wasn't telling anybody. And I just said, these are the dimensions. Here's kind of what I need it for. What can you give me? And he's like, well, you need this and this. And I'm like, okay, great. And so, you know, he shipped it to me and I just kind of put together my own basic prototypes at home, mainly just to see if it was going to actually work before I decided to invest the time and money into it further. I don't want to say it sounds like too easy because I know it's not. But do you think that you were maybe a little lucky or it was just so divine that the right people were just put in your path? I think it's a little bit of both. I think I was definitely lucky. But at the same time, I kind of allowed myself to go there and I was okay with pushing myself to that potential and that what if. Because Mm -hmm. I think growing up having entrepreneurs as parents, my dad was a very big creative guy. He's built some amazing things with his own two hands. Mm -hmm. I mean, he would build the tools to build the thing he was built. (laughs) Right, 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 right. And I saw him, I saw him come up with so many incredible ideas, but he would never act on them. And I always remember thinking like, well, why not? Like, why not? Why not try and do X, Y, Z? And I don't know why he never did. I mean, I was going to say, did did he want to? I see. I don't know. I think he was very happy with his career and Mm -hmm. where he was at Mm -hmm. and the business that him and my mom were running that. I think he was he was very content with where he was at in life that I don't think it was something that he's like, I don't know if I just really want to. It's a cool idea, but I don't Mm -hmm. need to. Mm -hmm. And me, I am almost to the point where I'm like, I'm going to beat myself up if I don't try. So when this opportunity honestly just felt like it fell into my hands, I was like, I have the ability to either take this and run or I can let this pass. And it could be years before somebody else jumps on this train. So I'm like, why not me? Why can't Mm -hmm. I be the one to do this? That's where I just kind of was like, all right, we're going to just take this one day at a time and we're going to see what happens with it. I just love the whole attitude. And I'm curious, like, did you just always have that? The, you know. Oh, you didn't? Oh, because it seems like I actually definitely have that attitude, but I too am a baby. And I would be like, of course, it's me. Like that was Mm -hmm. just me growing up and such. But that is really interesting. And again, I think you just get that feeling. I mean, there wasn't a time where you would be like, well, if it didn't work, like your worst case scenario, but I don't even think you thought about that as the safety net, like I could always get a job if I had to. Mm -hmm. Let's just, but I don't know what lies ahead for this. So how do you accumulate all of the helpful people that you need in becoming an inventor? I mean, it's not just the patent attorney, it's you found the silicon factory. There's got to be more to the logistics. And how do you even jump into that whole manufacturing, and then you're going to get to distribution. I mean, mean, it's a thousand ways, but yeah, I want to hear how you did it, my friend. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it was just interviewing people. And Mm -hmm. I did get connected with like a local entrepreneur center. I'm in Northern Iowa. Mm -hmm. And so there's a local entrepreneur center. And Basically, they tell you to start kind of from square one where you go Mm -hmm. through what's called venture school. Venture school Mm -hmm. kind of helps you work through the questions of is there a gap in the market? Who is my audience? How am I going to accomplish this? Will this business or product be profitable? 
all these things that they kind of make you work through in this class. Mm -hmm. And part of that is you have to interview people. You have to work on your interviewing skills. And so I had to conduct like hundreds of interviews with complete strangers. And that's really hard to do. And I just had to ask them basic questions like, what are some of your biggest struggles when it comes to painting? Do you think about the environment when you're throwing out some of your used painting supplies or plastic trays? And I had to be able to ask these questions without even talking about my product or my idea. One, because I wasn't patent protected yet. But two, you can't ask these leading questions and say, this is what I'm working on, because that's what they're automatically going to think about. You have to have them think about their current problems and what they were hoping for for a solution. And so I had to conduct hundreds of interviews just to figure out how this is going to happen. So I think through a lot of those interviews and just kind of having that experience, it opened some doors for me to talk to other people. And then I just kind of like kept working my way for almost two years. It was just Mm -hmm. talking to people and conducting all these interviews. And I, I called so many manufacturers all over the United States and it was really hard. I'll be honest. There was a few times that I just wanted to give up because one, I was pregnant with my second child. So I was already very just like emotional (laughs) and uncomfortable. So I remember like calling all these manufacturers and it's a very male dominated industry. I'll be Mm. honest. And I had a lot of people just talk to me like I was completely stupid. And it was Mm. so frustrating. And I, I'll never forget, I remember talking to this one gentleman, I don't even want to call him a gentleman, but mm-hmm. this one guy that uh, I had explained what I was working on. I was already patent pending, all these types of things. And I said, I need accurate bids to figure out what is going to be my cost just to get the tooling done for this and to manufacture and yada, yada. And I knew he was not listening to me. Like I could mm-hmm. just tell over the phone that he was not actively listening because the next thing out of his mouth was, well, have you checked on Amazon? And I wanted to be oh, like... Boy dude, are you serious? Like, you think I would just be working on this for a year and not check Amazon of all places? Thanks for nothing. Bye. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And it was a lot of dead end conversations like that before I actually got where I needed to go. And it wasn't until I went to an entrepreneur conference Mm -hmm. last October, and that was in Nashville. And I was able to meet a lot of other entrepreneurs and join a mastermind group. And the mastermind group, there's entrepreneurs from so many different areas. Um, Mm -hmm. Some people are in marketing, some are lawyers, some are coaches, you know, we're Mm -hmm. all in just very diverse groups and industries. And through that, I was able to meet Kevin Harrington, who Mm -hmm. was one of the original sharks on Shark I was going to say, yes, he was. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. So I had the opportunity to have just a one-on-one with him and kind of have like a hot seat conversation and just ask him questions. Like this was my time to shine with all those interviewing experiences that I had for the last Mm. couple of years to interview somebody that is the king of products, that he has brought so many crazy products to the market. Mm -hmm. And so I got to talk with him and he actually reached out and introduced me to his business partners. So he introduced me to his business partners who he has always done business with when it comes to a lot of products that he has brought to the market in the past. And he's like, Mm -hmm. if you're going to work with anybody, you're going to work with these guys. And so it was really cool seeing somebody like him believe in me and seeing the potential in my product and in my business enough so that he introduced me to his business partners. Sure. Because that's a close relationship. So I was able to get this business partnership and meet them very last minute while I was at this mastermind meetup. They happened to be in the area the same time that I was. 
So it was like this quick turnaround. I went and pitched them my product like super quickly and they loved the idea. And then I had to like turn around, pack up and like get on my airplane home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and from there, it was just kind of like this quick leap that they were really excited about it. They saw like the passion and the potential with it and everything. And so from there, they've been able to help me start manufacturing and get through all the necessary steps to get to where I need to go from the beginning, basically. Are you manufacturing in the U.S.? No, I'm not. I'm manufacturing overseas. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the the tough part is I had looked at manufacturing in the United States and I really wanted to. And then come to find out they were already sourcing like the raw material from overseas mm-hmm, anyway. Mm-hmm. So how exciting are you? Now you're getting to the finish line. We have finished product. The, the, the first box container, did it arrive? Not yet. The misconception that people have when bringing a product to the market is you can just make it. You have to create the tooling to make the product, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. especially when it's something new that's never been on the market before. And so I'm in that tooling phase right now. It takes about like 30 to 40 days. We're right on the tail end of it. So once that's finished, I should have the pre-production sample that they'll ship Mm -hmm. to me. And that's how it will exactly look on the shelf and like what people are going to buy it as. So I'll have the packaging and everything. And once that is approved, then they will start the manufacturing process. Right now, I'm only taking pre-orders. The pre-order funds is definitely what helps me like move further along into that manufacturing phase because it is mm-hmm. so expensive. And I'm trying to fund everything myself. But that's essentially where we're at right now. So I'm hopeful to start shipping out those pre-orders probably in the next month or so. Wow, that's very exciting. So you've got another baby just about ready to birth onto the market. You've got people that are interested, right? And right now you're really getting your audience from, I'll say online. Yep. Everything has just been organic reach and everything. And I did have my son, so I'm not pregnant right now. I I was going to say, okay, so we have two, we have two little kids, two littles, and the next thing that's on on your plate, which is uh, the birth of the product. So yeah. are you selling directly to consumer? What's your dream? You're thinking big box? You're thinking distributor? What are you like? Home Depot, Lowe's? What are you thinking? Yeah, right now it's direct to consumer. And I do have high hopes to be able to get into retailers. That would be an absolute dream. I would love to see myself on the shelf of Lowe's or Ace Hardware Mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. Ace Hardware is definitely one that I think I would love to work with. I think because it supports a lot of other small business owners that are working like through the franchise. And my heart is always going to be with small business owners. So Mm -hmm. if I could go that route, that would be fantastic. And then something in that category, I'll say in the hardware, Ace Hardware makes me think of it, in the hardware category, do they have sales reps that would go to all of the trade shows and demonstrate it and kind of rep it for you? And or are you going to be the face of or what's happening there? Yep, it would all come down to me. So they wouldn't take care of any of the advertising or anything. That's all up to me and my company. You know, I'm hopeful that things take off so I can hire somebody to be able to help manage some of the day to day so I am mm-hmm. able to travel more and do a lot of those trade shows and demonstrations. Mm-hmm. And typically, if it does end up into um, like a retail store location like a Home Depot or Lowe's, 
then a lot of times they do some type of training with the paint department. So that way they can demonstrate the product and show how mm-hmm. it works. So that way they can recommend it to other customers, everything like that. And those are some things that I wouldn't mind being a part of. It just, it really just kind of depends on the retailer and like kind of what their policies are. But otherwise, yeah, I'd love to be able to go in and just being able to demonstrate my own product to people and saying like, here's how it works. And these are the people that you want to recommend it to and so on and so forth. I'm getting so many vibes of even something on either QVC or HSN, which back in the day, let me see, I'm old now. So probably (laughs) at least 30, maybe 25 years ago, I had a craft business with a good friend of mine and we had a website, we would do craft fairs, we would do custom things made to order. And we had this one product and with no patent, it wasn't anything special. And maybe we saw it somewhere, but we just liked it and we could sew. So it was a neckband that had these little pilly things in it that if you wet it, they would swell and it would keep it cold, a cool band, we called it. We had it in all Mm -hmm. different kinds of fabric. It was lovely. And I don't know, I'm sure they still do. But at the time, QVC once a year has like an open call. And we went. We filled out our paperwork. Now, it was extremely intimidating from a thousand points. The first one was, if they would have chosen us, like we had an idea of manufacturing at at that scale of what they would want that purchase order for, but we probably would have failed miserably at it. And no, we were not selected, but it was really cool to be in line all day and talk to everybody and see like one or two of those people actually make it, make it on TV. So Mm -hmm. if that's something that you're, again, one day shooting for, I think you'd be great and they'd be foolish not to pick you. But um, yeah, we'll put it (laughs) out there in the universe, right? Because it's an easy one. I mean, it's a hotel, you pay for the hotel because you come in the night before and then you just go. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, oh my goodness, I'm so excited for you because it sounds so, what do you mean no one's ever done this before? So what makes it reusable? Because are you saying that your paint can stay in the tray or you're going to clean it out and just reuse the tray and or both? Both. The tray liner and the lid are both made of silicone. So the liner is a very flexible silicone. And so the metal tray that it sits in obviously helps it hold its shape. So you're able to use it like a regular paint tray. And if you want to just set it aside when you just don't want to finish painting for the night or you're tired or you just need to set it aside because of kids, it comes with the lids. You can just snap on the lid and it keeps your paint fresh for weeks on end. It is so awesome because there's been so many times that, oh, I'm leaving for the weekend or I got to go somewhere and I don't have time Mm -hmm. to clean this out. I'm just going to snap the lid on it and I don't have to worry about it because I know I can come back five days later and it'll be good as new. And your paint is and your paint is fine as though you just poured it. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Then when you're done painting, you can just leave the lid off and then let it dry and you just essentially peel it out. It peels right out. It's fantastic to do. It's like slightly therapeutic. (laughs) I was going to say exactly like if you've ever done anything with like letting Elmer's glue dry on something and then just just peeling it. So you're looking, I'm just trying to think of, I mean, it's a great idea. How come no one has ever thought of this, but you're right. I haven't seen such a thing. What I've seen is yes, the plastic tray that when you're done, 
if I'm done for the day, but still want to paint again tomorrow, I still have to kind of clean that out because that paint is not going to be there and and be ready to use again. Mm -hmm. And then obviously silicon was the no brainer choice of material and it's strong enough to support the weight of paint, but it has some sort of little design on it. Is that intentional like your lid or what happens there well in the tray liner it has Mm -hmm. like a crisscross to kind of Mm -hmm. it's just like the treads to be able to kind of push out the excess paint when you're using the Ah. roller kind of like what you would Mm -hmm. see with like a traditional like herringbone style or the bubble trays it's yeah very similar to something like that but i honestly just wanted my own spin on it my own design so that's why i did like the x's or the crisscross or whatever i like it And then easy to be just in one color, or are you going to, I would think that you would make sense for one color when you're doing a production run. Yeah, I'm kind of just going with the standard green to kind of play along with like the eco-friendly side of things. Um, Mm. And most painting companies that you see out there are typically red or blue. And red with like my marketing background, if you don't know, red supposedly creates this color or this sense of urgency to buy. And that color is the original color that I did want to go with was red. And then as I was doing more research, I was like, maybe not, because there's so many painting companies that are red. I need something to be able to stand out and to go along with like what I'm truly working on and want to accomplish here. So that's why I'm going with the green. And maybe it will change in the future and I'll have other colors. But as of now, yeah, it'll just be green. Definitely makes sense. And again, you're staying in that, you know, green LEED world and everything like that. And part of saving all of that extra trash and such. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I see so much of that. So are we two years into this now? Where are we? How long have you? Yeah, it's like two and a half years in that I've been working on this. Two and a half years, two little ones. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And a meeting with Kevin Harrington that has really at that time pushed you almost to the tipping point where you needed to be at the time. Again, you've had all of these helpful people along the way. And also very smart that you could have just relied on your Google search bar, but it might've just taken a much longer versus going and using your local resources. I know that we have here in New York, in the small business administration offices that they have scattered around the state, they have mentors. It's called SCORE. So these are retired professionals that will, you know, take you in and just teach you the business end of it on how to, how to be a business owner. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of other incubators that clearly that's what you are scoring with as well. And it's so important. That was one of the things about why I wanted to talk to you. I'm like, inventor to market, who's that? You don't even come across anyone really that thinks that has such an idea that needs that, like the world needs to see this. So Mm -hmm. one of my really good friends is a speech pathologist and she designed and developed this learning tool and it happens to be Milo the bear. So he is a teddy bear that has um, different pockets on it because children learn, especially speech delayed children learn with like five different strengths. They might learn with music. They might learn with nature. Mm -hmm. I forget what the other ones are. I sew. So I helped her with her prototype. 
before then we were able to, yes, manufacture overseas, but also it was her, her and I and uh, two other people on the team that brought Milo to market. And it's That's the awesome. best, funnest time ever. Yeah, It truly, truly is when you get that box and you open it up mm-hmm. and you're like, okay. And then the trucks, like, meanwhile, you have like a 10,000 more on the, on the forklift, but <laughs> get ready for that yeah. part. But it was really, really exciting to hold it in your hand and all the revisions and all the emails and all the back and mm-hmm. forths and all the testing and then the packaging and yeah. On and on. And I'm sure there must be other things as far as having something on the shelf using the ingredients or the product that's being used, the type of silicon. Does it have to obviously pass some sort of a test or have to be some sort of grade? Well, since it's not being used for food or mm-hmm. any type of medical, it doesn't have to meet certain requirements. It's just, oh, that's you good. know, it can be yeah. really any silicone. So it doesn't have to go through any like strenuous testing. You learn along the way, you know, we had one of our materials was a clear plastic. Uh, Well, we had to have that whole product tested because it was children. So you needed the Mm -hmm. safety test thing. And then what was the materials made of? And then we had to change one right at the end. But yeah, it was interesting. But I still, it's awesome. It was 12 years ago when I remember it like yesterday. It was a lot, a lot of fun. So you stayed with the name of the company, Repaint studios. Yep. And then obviously a website and that's where they're going to see the tray. That's where they can at least now pre-order. Yeah. You can go to repaint studios and pre-order and check out all the details there. And then hopefully when they do get theirs, let the chatter begin. There better be a big celebration online. I better see, you know, like a parade when the truck arrives (laughs) and Have you thought that next part, like, okay, where are your staging? Where are you shipping everything out of? Are you ready for that part? Yeah. So I actually have warehousing and distribution out of Chicago. So everything, when it comes overseas, it'll go directly to that fulfillment center. And then they will ship everything out from there. And the nice thing is, is their fulfillment is really quick. So I mean, I would say comparable to Amazon, which Amazon is kind of like falling off the the wagon a little bit with their shipping that times. Has. That um, has. But yeah, so the fulfillment center, I mean, if you place an order sometime during the day, you should get a shipping notification, you know, at least by midnight that it's out the door. Wow. That's even better. It's not as though you have to be like hand yeah. labeling anything and your garage has been nope. taken over. You are ready to strike. You've got your hands full. And what would you tell other people that might have an idea, might have just see a need for something, the mother of invention, what would you tell them? First of all, give yourself grace and patience with all of it if you do decide to pursue it because it is such an up and down road. I mean, within hours in one day, you could be at an ultimate high and then the next minute it could be like an incredible low. And it's just such an up and down journey that you have to just give yourself so much just grace and patience with that entire process. Mm -hmm. But you also need to just have this total belief in yourself that you can accomplish it and that you can do it. And it's absolutely terrifying. And (laughs) you just never know what's going to happen next. But you have to believe in yourself that it is possible. Because if you can't believe in yourself that you can do this, then it's not going to happen. You have to have that big picture 
vision of what it's going to be like a year from now, two years from now, whatever it is. But aside from all of that, you also need the support because while yes, you might be a team of one working on all the day to day and how to get it done, you still need that external support, whether that's like from your partner or your best friends or family or whoever it might look like, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm able to get that through like the Entrepreneur Center and my husband. I mean, he's incredible. He's supported me through all of this and we've been a one income household for, you know, three, four years now. So that way I could be working on my Mm -hmm. dream. And Mm -hmm. he's taken over a lot of things just in the household to be able to help bring this to fruition. And so I just tell entrepreneurs that really especially want to take like this product route and invention route, you need to have some sort of support there. Because even though yes, you have this amazing belief in yourself that you can accomplish this and do it, you still need to have the people to back you to get you to where you need to go. So true. And beautifully said. And again, like anything worth doing, it takes a village. It definitely takes someone to keep reminding you on those days where you're like, you know what? What was I even thinking? Yeah, it's great to have that. And then also, you said you really practiced all of your interviewing and pitching. How important is that step? Because that's a step that I think really gets lost. And I was surprised Mm -hmm. that they led you in that, happy that they led you down that path. But really surprised because that is something that you don't hear very often of that skill that needs to be honed. Yeah. I mean, the whole point of the class, one is to work on your interviewing skills, yes, and to learn how to pitch. But yeah, you do need to find out, okay, first of all, is this even going to be possible? But at the very end of the class, they have you pitch. You have to pitch your product or your business or whatever it is, and you have to Mm -hmm. prove to the judges, like, I need this money because of XYZ. Mm -hmm. And here is why. So going through that process, it really gives you the stepping stone for bigger things. Because if you want to expand your business and scale it, whether it's franchising or bringing it into other retail stores or wholesale or whatever, you still have to be able to communicate your vision and your product and your projections and everything to those people and convince them on why they need to take you on and why you're worth it, essentially. Mm -hmm. And you have to hone in on those skills. I mean, it's you almost can't conduct business without having some of those skills and speaking skills. In fact, I actually have a really big pitch competition coming up on Friday, and it's for $40,000. I've had a lot of pitch competitions, and I feel like, you know, I've kind of got that flow down a little bit, but Mm -hmm. it's still terrifying thinking about it because you might be timed or they might ask for information that you might not have on one of your slides. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's all these things you kind of have to put together. But regardless, it's still a really good skill to practice, whether you pitch in a pitch competition or not. Just talking to somebody, it's good to be able to pitch your business because you never know who you're going to walk in an elevator with someday. It could right. be Kevin Harrington. It could be another mm-hmm. shark. It could be, mm-hmm. you know, the CEO of another business. And if you have that rare opportunity, what are you going to say? And it's good to be prepared for something like that. So just speak a little more about these pitch competitions. Are they an in-person thing, something on Zoom, something both? What's What happens there? All the pitch competitions that I've done, aside mm-hmm. from one, has been in person. Mm-hmm. So when I went through that venture school class and you pitch at the end of the class, depending on how you placed or how well you did, you might automatically qualify for an even bigger pitch competition. That did happen to me. So I ended up placing 
third, I think, with the venture oh. school competition. Mm-hmm. And so I automatically qualified to go on to Entrefest. Well, that is involving the whole state. I went on to that pitch competition and the only qualification that you needed is that you had to have recently gone through the venture school course Mm -hmm. and have qualified for it. And so I ended up going through that pitch competition and winning third and that I won about $5,000. And so a lot of times when you go through these pitch competition after pitch competition, sometimes other people might be in the room and say, you need to sign up for this one. You got to look at this Mm -hmm. one. Here are some Mm -hmm. other opportunities. And so it's just kind of like as you get your foot foothold in it, you're able to kind of find other ones that are out there and they can be so wildly different. So I've had pitches upwards of seven minutes long and you can have props and slides. And the shortest one I've had was 90 seconds and you couldn't have any slides or props. So you had to be able wow. to sell and tell a story and your words, tell them what strictly. you're doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And that one I did end up winning and that was really fantastic. But oh, wow. Yeah. The only other pitch competition that I've been a part of that wasn't in person, you had to submit an executive projection type sheet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think you got like up to 10 pages that you had to be able to submit and kind of tell your story and projections and why it's needed. And again, they'd never see your face. They never see your product. They see everything on paper. They see a a business plan. Yeah. 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 And that's it. Wow. And so there's other ways to help defer the cost because it's not for the faint of heart. Not only are you not making, I'll say that outside salary from someone else, but then everything that you're doing, yeah, it's not for free. But you're investing in yourself, you're investing in the future, and it definitely, definitely pays off. Let's hope oh, my, so. <laughs> oh, I think it will, my friend. I think it will. So <laughs> tell me again, the website, where do you hang out? Where are we going to see the product? Talk to me. Okay. So if you want to pre-order, just learn more about Repaint mm-hmm. Studios and the Repaint Tray, you can go to repaintstudios.com. And there you can kind of learn a little bit more about me, hear more recent podcast interviews, some blogging and all of that. Otherwise, I am mostly active on Instagram. So if you want to follow the business Instagram, that's repaint underscore tray. And then if you want to see more of the personal side and me and my family and some of the DIY projects I'm working on, my Instagram is mama underscore BK. Mama underscore BK. All right. I can't wait. I'll be following (laughs) and I'll be like, yeah, she did it when it arrives when... Those products hit it, uh, open those boxes and get those pre-orders filled. Oh, oh yeah. This has been such a delight. And again, for me, I'm just so excited that someone has gotten the itch, taken the time, taken the leap, has the belief, is definitely doing some sacrificing all for the long goal. Love it. Wishing you nothing but the best, Billy. Nothing but the best. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. All right. Listen, everybody, website, joyfoundhere.com. I want you to jump on, first of all, those uh, her Insta page and that website. Check it out. We all have painting projects. Who are we kidding? And then just to buy it one more time and, and really support, you have to. Comments back at the website, uh, five-star review. That's the only thing we give you. Thank you so much. And as always, really, really always appreciate your support. You've been the best. We'll continue. Until next week, be well. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.